Welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. With me as usual to look at the week's major cricket news stories in the region and to discuss the hot topics in the tropics is the renowned Mr Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings Reds, how are you? Yeah, greetings. I'm happy for Dominica because in that match played last weekend, uh, certainly cricket won, Dominica won and it was great to see Brian Lara uh, batting so long and uh, really I think the uh, crowd was a full house at Kensington but uh, I think they will probably make their million dollars for the Dominica reconstruction. Mm. The, uh, there was a, a few highlights. Uh, uh, one was uh, uh, Brian Lara making 60-odd. Yes, he opened the innings and um, batted in a measured way. He appreciated the crowd um, had come to see him and other personalities, and he wasn't going to go there, uh, get to 10, and then you know throw his hands away. It was mm. a bit of a fat match. It wasn't. He played in the right spirit, uh, but um, he decided that um, he will uh, put on a bit of a show. And you know, you can still feel that if he gets in the, into the nets for a month, <laughs> still, still good enough maybe to play at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. No. Player of that ability, perhaps. Uh doesn't lose it so easily. Uh, did Kirtley Ambrose get a bowl? Yes, Kirtley Ambrose had um, three overs um, and uh, he came off his short run. Nobody used their full run at all. And um, he came off his short run. Um, bowl three overs. He said he would bowl only two in that game. Mm. Bowl three. Uh, Shiv Chandrapal, um, he opened the innings and batted right through. I think it was a great opportunity for him to play in front of a large Caribbean crowd. And, um, it was nice to see him finish unbeaten, unbeaten. But in the end, you you know, it wasn't taken all that seriously by the players. The spirit was good. And we even had an underarm no ball, <laughs> <laughs> which was duly um, called a no ball and a free hit. Mm. So he took us back to Greg Chapel, uh, his brother, <laughs> many, many years ago, I guess, when Trevor was ordered by Greg to bowl on the arm. Mm. Um, but uh, cricket won, and I, I think we'll get the details about what they raise with all the very many fundraising um, projects. Yes, uh, no, let's, let's, let's hope so for that worthy cause. Um, and any idea sort of how many people were there, Reds? and bursting at the seams. Um, in some cases, um, quite a few people could have bought tickets and supported the cause and maybe not necessarily go to Kensington. But I would say it was a good crowd. Mm. It was, in fact, televised um, throughout the Caribbean. I would say it was a good crowd. It wasn't a full house. I don't believe I am being unfair, but it was a good crowd. And for all those who turned up, all the 
uh, agencies, the BCA, the UWI, all the tourist board um, in Barbados and uh, West Indies board and everybody who contributed towards mobilizing people. Uh, I think a lot of volunteers, the TV staff, I'm told, didn't charge. I think a lot of people gave up their service free of charge. Mm. Looking at the uh, the news of the week in the in in the Caribbean, uh, somebody who I believe was uh, was there at the end of the the, the Dominica match, Kieran Pollard was uh, uh, taking them uh, to victory. His name was very much in the news because they haven't announced the ODI side yet, the West Indies, but it's come out in the press that Phil Simmons, the coach, is not satisfied with the squad as selected and has suggested that behind the scenes. Um, Certain players have, have had a, a black mark put against them. Well, that revelation is a real hot potato. It's a crisis in the making. We'll have to see how Richard Pybers, the director of cricket, will handle this. Um, when we first heard that the, the, the team was was uh, basically selected, we heard two names, the Ryan and the Rampal back. Hmm. Uh, but uh, then came the... Simmons' statement, and obviously uh, indicating that himself and Lloyd were looking to include other players, and they were outvoted three to two. Hmm. That means that um, Courtney Brown, Courtney Walsh, and Eldine Baffin, Eldine Baptiste, um, voted um, against um, what uh, Lloyd and Simmons allegedly wanted. The other statement which is probably worrying is the one by Simmons where he says um, outside interference. Mm. So whatever split you had in the selected themselves, <clears throat> which um, happened, it certainly seemed that there might have been um, outside influences trying uh, to ensure that um, ex-players were not Chosen. That was the indication from someone. Now you can argue that you know um, selectors meet, and uh, you know there is collective responsibility, mm. and uh, that's the end of that. You 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 go with, with the majority. This happens at the cabinet level in, in, in any country in, in the world. Uh, you don't have the foreign minister coming out of a uh, a meeting. Mm. of the cabinet and then, you know, going to the public. Um, but uh, Phil Simmons felt that maybe it was time to speak out and we just have to wait and see what this will do for morale in the future. Yeah. I mean, the, the test side is not affected. Uh, he seemed to be very happy with that, but um, how this will affect the morale of the test side. The team has not been totally announced mm. um, and therefore they're is maybe a little bit of elbow room uh, for some kind of, of discussion and dialogue or compromise. But um, it's not good for West Indies cricket and, and another comp, another crisis in the making, David. Mm, no, absolutely. And uh, there was also suggestions in the press that Jason Holder, uh, although he doesn't have a vote in selection, also supported... And let's be clear, the players we're talking about being excluded still are Dwayne Bravo and Kieran Pollard, who weren't selected for the World Cup. It was said at the time on form when um, really everybody is drawing the conclusion that they've been excluded because they were supposedly the ringleaders of the strike in India. 
Well, I haven't read the, 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 the Jason Hall uh, position, and no doubt people are going to link uh, who's left out, who wasn't chosen to the Indian withdrawal. Mm. There was uh, the latest town hall meeting was actually in Trinidad uh, uh, the previous weekend, and uh, the reports I've read that there was some hostility towards uh, Dave Cameron. Uh, uh, Emmanuel and Nantham wasn't able to join him there on this occasion. He'd missed his connecting flight. But there was certainly some um, some aggressive questioning from the likes of Alvin Cornell and uh, Colin Benjamin, um, and uh, lots of questions asked about the continuing omission of these players. Yes, well, one can expect that. In terms of questions, I did read. I did read a Guardian report which said that um, Dave Cameron handled uh, matters very well. Um, but uh, you know, it's always going to be a contentious town hall meeting, which was um, you know late in coming. They couldn't agree on a venue, yeah. so um, a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, you know, animosity, um, hostility could have been building up in questions. And, of course, you've had uh, the removal, removal of Rand, uh, Ramdin mm. um, as captain. Also, the, the female West Indies captain is, was previously from Trinidad. Um, so, you know, one can expect that he would have had a fair amount of a hostile reception. Yeah. Um, another change this week that was uh, that was announced, coming first through the ICC, is that West Indies will be losing their manager uh, in the, the new year after the Australia tour. Because Richie Richardson, um, uh, congratulations, is moving up to be uh, an ICC match referee. Well, it's um, I, I, it's a hit upstairs. I don't want to say the kick upstairs, the hit <laughs> upstairs. I think looking back at... Uh, so Richard Richardson, he was remembered as a nice manager. Hmm. He probably wouldn't be remembered as the manager who cracked the whip, the manager that the players were afraid of. Um, one of the things under any manager's uh, term is the kind of success the team would have had. And uh, unfortunately, some managers are uh, with the team at a time when they were very successful. You know, you take the Lloyd team and the Richards team. You know, you had the, the Jeffrey Stallman and, 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 and the Clyde Walcott and the Jerry Alexanders and, you know, you can go further down. And um, you know, Richie didn't have a great, um, you know, win-loss situation in his favor. I think the one time I got a little worried is when the uh, New Zealand tour, uh, he came out and, and really um, sent a bit, a bit of a, a, a red flag about uh, discipline, about players not being ready with their competitive face, um, didn't have their game face on when they came off the bus in New Zealand. And uh, that, to me, um, you know, was maybe his, his worst period. Mm. But um, I think he has uh, learned a lot during his time as manager about um, being an ICC three, so the transition, David, should not be um, very hard indeed, and he's got to be maybe not so nice anymore because of the ICC. <laughs> uh, you've got to hand out um, a fair amount of um, you know monies to be paid and maybe suspension, etc. <laughs> so it's a, it's a different role he's going to be in. 
it obviously leaves a gap uh, for the West Indies manager. Um, I've not heard any names. Have you got any names that would be in the frame, Reds? I haven't heard any names at all. It, it'll have to be advertised. You know, you go back to Richardson. He was not originally in, I think there were 17 people interviewed. He was not in the original um, group of people interviewed. And when the board maybe took the final decision, they were not maybe happy with, um, you know, people who indicated an interest in who were interviewing. And uh, they thought that he was uh, the best person and he probably would be able to help the coach at that time with uh, the West Indies batting. Mm. Um, he could take some responsibility with, with with the batsmen. But it will have to be, no doubt, advertised. And the process should start fairly soon because... His term with the West Indies cricket team uh, finishes at the end of the Australian tour, which is, you know, late December. Hmm. Uh, we were talking a moment ago, we mentioned uh, Courtney Walsh, one of the, the selectors. He was the latest this week to, understandably, uh, endorse Jason Holder as, uh, as the new West Indies captain, following Viv Richards and Brian Lyle. Uh, Courtney Walsh has been uh, working in the, the USA in the last week, Reds. Yes, I think this is an effort to try and boost up the ICC Americas because um, they're playing in the Clive Lloyd 50 over Nagico tournament. Um, the ICC Americas, the CCC of uh, Trinidad and Barbados are in that zone uh, in Port of Spain where Guyana, Jamaica, the Leewards and Windwards are in Bastere. In the previous times that um, we have had an ICC um, team play, they have not been competitive. And the whole exercise which Courtney Walsh tended, um, I think they had close to 100 players or thereabouts. Hmm. And eight has been shortlisted for further training. He then um, indicated uh, to the press that uh, an elite group of the best players were then coming in to join that eight. 30 of the better players were coming in and from that, they will try and pick a squad and try and prepare them so they can be competitive in Port of Spain. Yeah. Port of Spain is expected to be better for batting, better for the spectators um, uh, January, starting January 7th in both St. Kitts and in Port of Spain because there will be less matches, maybe five yeah. matches um, in, in all at the Queen's Park Oval. And one of the complaints um, by the Trinidad board all the matches were played um, at the Oval towards the end. The pitches got low, they were wearing, and it didn't help batsmanship, and it didn't help uh, to produce a product for the many spectators. But by splitting against St. Kitts and Port of Spain, it probably would produce a much better-looking cricket square and hopefully a lot more runs um, in the semi-finals and finals. Yeah. Now, those those fixtures were confirmed this week for, for January for the Najiko Super 50. Uh, either side of that is the first half and the second half of the four-day season, and those fixtures came out this week, Reds. Yes, yes. Uh, it's good to see those fixtures um, out early. Hmm. Um, part of the West Indies tour to Sri Lanka and on you, know, you might find that some of the ODI's players, for example, um, manager um, Liam Sebastian was saying, manager uh, Lockhart Sebastian was saying 
that maybe he will be losing um, uh, two, two players in, in Fletcher and in Charles. Mm. But um, one will have to just go with the punches. At least everybody knows early what are the dates. Mm. And one can also presume that uh, if the Pakistan Super League 2020 competition uh, really gets off the ground, it's due to be played in February in uh, the United Arab Emirates, if the likes of Chris Gale and Bravo and so on are going to be playing in that, then clearly they won't be playing in the uh, domestic four-day competition. Exactly. And, you know, that's how opportunities you know, tend to arrive and be given to, to, to other players. Mm. Well, if they're not going to be playing first-class cricket, then presumably they won't be um, eligible for international first-class cricket. I was very interested, though, uh, Reds, you probably saw, like I did, the success in the end of the English county season of Shannon Gabriel and also Fidel Edwards. Yes, it's a pity that he's a cold path player, Edwards, because this <coughs> this is like the second spring. This is like the second coming. Mm. He's really rolling in wickets for... And maybe initially he wasn't uh, supposed to play in the longer version for Hampshire. Yeah. But the Australian quick, um, who was contracted, uh, had to go back because of injury. And after playing in the in the short version of the game, um, he stayed on. Uh, I think it's a good run uh, for Gabriel. He's getting a lot of cricket under his belt prior uh, to the um, tour of Sri Lanka. I hope the same is happening for Roach, that he will leave um, the Caribbean shores really fit and really ready. Um, but um, it, it was a good performance by, by both Gabriel and by both Edwards, no doubt, recently. Yeah, no, I was particularly pleased with uh, Fidel. I, I've been strongly critical of him, him in the past when he's gone to preferred playing in the Bangladesh uh, 2020 tournaments to see him actually play. And he helped to keep Hampshire in the, in the first division in uh, in England, um, there may be some longevity uh, in his first-class career, and even uh, needs to be considered still being good enough to play Test cricket. Well, who knows? Um, who knows? Uh, you know, you've had people who have been recalled, you know, late in life. But he joins a, a long band of outstanding West Indians and outstanding overseas players mm. who have played for Hampshire. Mm. Uh, Looking ahead to the, the four-day season, I was uh, distressed this week, Reds, to read that the uh, in Jamaica, Sabina Park, the, a trial match uh, for, for Jamaica's upcoming season had to be abandoned because players were getting injured uh, in that in that warm-up game. Memories of West Indies, England at Sabina Park. Mm. Of course, it's it's been well felt that had the West Indies batted first, and that game might not have been. I called off because the West Indies were able maybe to handle the short ball better than the English. But um, it could be a case where, okay, it's a Jamaican trial match. The ground staff don't have to work too hard. And uh, whether this was an unprepared pitch, um, underprepared, whether there was not enough rolling, etc., etc., not enough watering, not enough compaction, um, it's, it's going to take maybe a bit of an inquiry because it certainly made the headlines certainly made the headlines and um, a lot of people will be focusing on the next trial match, whether the next trial match will be played at Sabina or they go to, to, to Shetland Park or somewhere else in Jamaica to allow Sabina to, to get over his problems, we just have to wait and see. Mm. 
uh, it was also mentioned uh, in in the Jamaican press that there was no on hand doctors for for that game and uh, support staff if there was uh, danger and, and with players getting hit, I think that was probably one of their concerns as well. Well, I suppose David, the question could be asked: How many doctors are at trial matches throughout the Caribbean? Yeah, you know, are there doctors and medical staff um, at Providence, at the Queen's Park Oval, at Kensington, um, in Roseau, uh, yeah. you know, in in, in St Kitts, uh, where the various um, teams are, are practicing? You know, it, it's a, it's a fair question. You know, I, th- I think it was something that you addressed um, directly in the aftermath of the terrible tragedy to Philip Hughes. I think it was only a few days later, um, wasn't it, Omar Phillips was hit and, uh, and you were questioning that there wasn't people on hand to deal with that one. Yes, uh, well, that, that's a learning lesson. I'm sure the Australian cricket board has beefed up um, the readiness the readiness of... Um, of the various services, you know, the, the readiness of the various services must be beefed up in um, Australia by now. And it's something that we had to take into consideration, whether we have been lax in case there is an incident like that. Uh, do we have, um, you know, the, the services uh, available uh, to quickly get the player um, to receive uh, the best emergency services in the Caribbean. Mm. Yes, and uh, well, we've got West Indies have got the tour of uh, Australia uh, later uh, in the, this year. Uh, it's of course just coming up to forty years since uh, their, their fearful hammering at the hands of uh, Thompson and Lilly in 75, uh, 76. You and I were talking briefly. At the, couple of editions ago about uh, uh, Mike Atherton's piece on Roy Fredericks and uh, I know you, you've got a, a few more thoughts about that actual series. Yes, I, I had the pleasure of being at, at the WACA and did commercial radio uh, for that game. But you've got to take that Roy Fredericks one sixty nine in context because we were badly beaten in the first game of the GABA with Derek Murray um, stop scoring um, in, in the middle order, Fredericks, I think, getting 43. And the, the, uh, the encouraging thing about that test match is both uh, Kalitran and Rowe got hundreds um, for the West Indies, batting a second time in a losing cause. But then we left um, Australia and travelled all the way to West... We left Brisbane and travelled all the way um, to Western Australia and lost to Western Australia. <laughs> so when we went into that game, when we went into that game, um, you know, the, the, the betting could not have been uh, on the West Indies um, uh, to last too long. And uh, that, uh, that performance by Fredericks was uh, something to, to really uh, see. And if anyone, you know, uh, got a copy, um, you know, oh, Anywhere it, it'd be worth it, it, it's weight in gold, really worth his weight in gold. Mm. I mean, he was totally brilliant on, on, on that day, totally brilliant on that day. This was on the fastest pitch, the fastest pitch in the world. And by, by lunch, the West Indies were 90. Um, in 90 minutes of batting, 130 for one, <laughs> and these were eight ball overs for the loss of Bernard Julian. And uh, Fredo really took on Lily and Thompson, Gilmore and Walker. And the faster they ball, the quicker he cut, the quicker he hooked, 
lovely footwork, and I think that came because of his table tennis background. Mm. And Fredo, what, 50 came up in 33 minutes. I kept my old notes uh, from the game, and uh, the 100 came off 71 balls, and at that time, it was the fastest 100 in test cricket. 169 finally when it ended up 145 balls in the days when there was no helmet, no forearm guard, no chest pad. Um, it was just your ability to be a great batsman. And that's recorded as one of the best five knocks ever to have been played in Australia. Mm. And of course, uh, Clive Lloyd, who made a great hundred, um, his hundred just went unnoticed. You know, all the great bowling by the Western Indies went unnoticed. That game is remembered for the late Roy Fredericks, 169, and the series was then 1-1. Mm. Yeah, if only it ended there for uh, West Indies. But they learnt lessons from it, which was to build towards their own cricket in the, the coming decades. Uh, another, talking about great fast bowlers, Reds, um, and one who had perhaps his greatest success in Australia, uh, Frank Tyson has died. Yes, uh, from all reports, and I never saw him. I worked with him in radio. That's a different thing. Um, he was known as well, Typhoon Tyson. He came, he came to the West Indies with a touring side and bowled very, very quickly at Kensington from all, all, all reports. But you referred to his success in Australia under, under uh, Len Hutton. Mm. He was part of maybe the first time England played a quartet of fast bowlers because uh, that Hutton side included uh, Statham, Truman, Tyson and Bailey. They had Apple Yard, who figured later in, in the series, uh, but Tyson was genuinely fast, and I suppose um, English scribes will relate him to, uh, to, to Larwood. You know, they will think of comparing Tyson with, with, with Larwood, but he, he made um, his life in Australia for a long time and worked in, uh, on television uh, and radio, but was a, a genuinely great. Uh, English fast bowler. Mm. Yes, and the, and the other uh, one, if I remember right, that was uh, part of that attack was uh, Johnny Wardle. Um, this was a, a, a tour in which it wasn't Laker and Locke or Truman uh, producing the goods, but Wardle, Appleyard, Statham and uh, and Tyson who turned it all around. That was another series in which it, it stood at 1-1 and then the other side, on this occasion England, just uh, took it away. Yes, the first time that um, not a gentleman led England, a professional led England, and a marvellous performance by Hutton to be later matched by Ray Lambert. Mm. Yeah, so uh, we take our hats off to uh, to Frank Tyson, who, uh, as, as as you said there, wasn't just a, a great bowler, but he later went into uh, television and was a, um, a, a major commentator for the uh, Australian networks. And also a bit of a teacher for, 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 for some time. So a lot of, a lot of um, students would, would have brushed shoulders with him, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, memories of uh, Frank Tyson. Well, Reds, that's about it for this week. Uh, we'll lift the bows and call time. Uh, thank you as ever for joining me. My pleasure always. And here's hoping that this hot potato, this potential crisis is sorted out.
by the next time we meet, David. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope it all blows over. Uh, something for uh, uh, Carol Beckford to, to deal with. I, I heard on the Mason and Guest show this week, he revealed that she's replaced uh, uh, Imran Khan as the uh, WICB's media manager. Uh, we'll have to watch that one as well. Uh, I want to thank well, all... Andrew probably had the scoop on that. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'll probably hear more from the Western News Board about... Yeah, for confirmation of that. Uh, thank you again. I want to thank those that have been listening further afield in the Caribbean, the USA, and via the internet. This has been the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, and I hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye. Uh, David, we really must remember to say hello to our friends in Canada, um, and uh, especially listeners in Grenada and in uh, St. Lucia. You're very covered uh, the US listeners. You, you, I, as, as ever read, uh, I stand corrected. No, thank you for adding that, and we wish all of them uh, the best until we join them again next time. <laughs>